Welcome everyone to another episode of The Creative Minds. Joining me here today is Anthony. Anthony, I came across your story, learned briefly about it, but I want you to kind of tell us more about you, who you are, what you do, why real estate, why move to Dubai, like just give us an idea of like yourself. Just 50 questions all at <laughs> the same time. <laughs> yeah. all, I, uh, thanks a lot for having me on the show. It's such a pleasure mm-hmm. to be with you. Uh, let's break it down. Who you are, what do you do, when did you come to Dubai? It takes <laughs> six, seven hours to give you all of the story. I'm going to try to summarize it and make it as much as interesting as possible. So uh, I came to Dubai in 2014. Uh the, the purpose of my visit here, it was just to see some family and spend four or five days in Dubai. It was not moved to Dubai. Interesting. When I came to Dubai, uh, I still remember it. It's like it's next month, it's going to be like eight years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I came on the 23rd of October 2014, then the Thursday, 11 p.m. By 12 p.m., I was already reaching Sheikh Zayed Road. And once I reached Sheikh Zayed and I saw those buildings, I'm like, wow. I just like, I don't know. You know when you you you, you skip a beat? Mm-hmm. Usually when you see like, a, I don't know, like you see a person and I felt even stronger feeling than that. Oof. I'm like, wow, that's so beautiful. And just it took me another 24 hours. I was falling out of the city. So I decided to stay in Dubai, even though I was coming for five, six days, that's it. So even my bag was like a carry-on for five days. I didn't have like proper packing. And then having a conversation with my uncle, he was like, you know what, you're really good at sales and this city is really on fire when it comes to real estate, you should apply. And I'm like, yeah, why not? I didn't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And I started sending applications. Next day, I started getting phone calls, people inviting me to do interviews and stuff. I'm like, okay. Went interviewed a lot. All of the companies were extremely fancy. Like they were scary fancy, you know, but it didn't feel right. I always felt like this is not the place where I want to be. Then I started Googling myself who are the top 10 companies in Dubai. And I stumbled on number six, which was Provident Real Estate. Yeah. I've been there from day one until date. I'm still in the same company. Okay. So, yeah. So, anyway, I kind of like reached out to them. We did the interview and started all of that journey from there. You were before that in Lebanon? Yeah. Lebanon, then moved to Dubai, and then started... No, just before that. So I was in Lebanon, then I went lived in a bit in the States, then I came, saw the family in Lebanon, I came to Dubai to visit my uncle, you know, okay. and then I'm like, I'm staying here. Okay. I didn't have much money on me. I had maybe like $1,200, which I spent in three, four days. You know, <laughs> Dubai is super expensive. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that at all. So yeah, it went really hard for me. Like I was, because end of the day, I just know my uncle and his wife in Dubai. And even my uncle, I haven't seen him for 15 years. So I came to see him and see his kids. So everything was so weird, you know, having the life I had before where I was living in my comfort zone. I had my mom take care of most of my... (laughs) <laughs> daily stuff you know what I mean I just like I was making a very good living I had access to fancy cars living a very good life and then suddenly feeling here at 30 years old mm-hmm. feeling like I'm fully naked mm-hmm. I don't have connects I don't have money 
I am in a literally extremely strange place to be living at and usually it takes you six months to understand how Dubai is Dubai yeah. and then you can go up with it. So yeah. yeah, for me first it was terrible. It was so tough. Every day I was doubting if I'm going to make it or not. In real estate, there's no salaries. Yeah. Uh, so so well, like what I had, it was already gone. And then in the second months where I really didn't know what I was doing, I was left with no money, like zero. So being me, I don't like asking people to borrow me money. Even mm-hmm. if I'm starving, I will never tell someone give me mm-hmm. food, being the stubborn person I am. <laughs> so what I have done, I, I all what I had under my name, I still remember it very clearly. It was an iPhone 5C. It was yeah. the plastic one. It was the first model. Yeah. So I went and I sold it and I sold it for a hundred dollars, which is like 350 dirhams. Mm. There was a 50 dirhams. I paid it somewhere. I was left with 300 dirhams. So for the audience that they don't know what that means, it's an $80. So I divide this into 30 days and I said, okay, every day, my daily budget is 10 dirhams. So I can use the metro with five dirhams and I can have one meal, which was the cheese sandwich in Almaya supermarket. I don't know if they're selling those or not, yeah. but it was five dollars, which is like a crab sandwich. Yeah. yeah. So I lived off those, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I wasn't doing any closing, any sales, any rental, nothing. Every day it was getting, it was getting tougher because end of the day, I have to walk almost, let's say, I don't know, two kilometers. That's if I'm using the metro. If I'm not using the metro, I have to walk seven kilometers in the heat of Dubai, wearing a suit and carrying a laptop on the shoulder. Oof. So I'm there, and this is coming from a life where I had everything just in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this transition as a human, I felt it was the transition between being a kid and transforming to a like an actual man. Yeah. If, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, on on the 26th day, which I was left with 40 dirhams in my pocket, full of disappointment, full of every dark idea in the world, yeah. I did my first rental with another oh. company. Anyway, what I made from all of that deal, it was five, six hundred dollars. But for yeah. me, that was like happy days. Yeah. But I how? Yeah. How did you kind of find a space to rent? Because I know rent is no, not so, cheap. No. So for that, for that sector i was covered because i was living with my uncle okay, so he okay. had an extra room so okay. that i was using an extra room okay. or else it would have been yeah impossible impossible yeah. i would have stepped in the metro or somewhere seriously yeah <laughs> <laughs> because i mean like thinking about it like even a studio here can cost like a lot course, you know it's like for, it cost a fortune yeah. yeah so when i had that that break as we say you know i, I can mm-hmm. use a taxi I, I don't have to be in a metro mm-hmm. i can eat something different than yeah. A so yeah it's i started picking up myself up and mm-hmm. then uh i'm like you know what like mm-hmm. you can be wh- whoever you want yeah. but in that time i was very limited when it came to dreaming or manifesting or or at least attracting what I want because in my mind and we were having this conversation two days ago with the guest on my podcast that 
we as humans, because of our parents, it's not their fault, but because of the system, we are programmed to be like just a surviving species where we have a good job. We just marry someone. It doesn't have to be loved. It, it can be whatever. Have this kid, you know, and start this family and live like on the daily wages or whatever for the rest of our lives. And if we are lucky enough, we can have 15 days vacation mm-hmm. per year where we can travel. We like our mind is not open that we can be whoever we want as long as we put in the work and do the effort. So, yeah, this is what took me through the years of evolving mentally, physically, psychologically, uh, getting myself into the knowledge that I got myself into and to let me where I am today. I noticed certain patterns in the sense that you get people. Are somehow there's sales involved somehow there's real estate involved in, in, the, in the guests that yeah. you're getting on the show is there a passion or, or that you grew from a younger age or did it just fall in, into you when you moved to Dubai I've been a salesperson all of my life mm. since I was a child I knew how to send my parents yeah. how to get me toys how <laughs> yeah. to get me bicycles how to get me the chocolate I knew how to play on emotions okay Oof. I always do okay. always do it always yeah. So when I uh, when I started university, mm. I still remember it like yesterday. There was a window for someone to make a double major, and the second major was minor psychology. Mm. Means you cannot practice it as a doctor. However, you will get all of the knowledge to understand the human behavior yeah. and the human mind. I had it by born. Naturally, I can sit with any person and mm. tell you there is something about this person. He does mm. this, he does that. So I had it naturally. Mm. But when I got that second major in university and I got really to understand the human behavior and the emotion and the brain, the right brain and the left brain, for me, that was like the aha means. Any person who sits in front of me, I can send him a product even if he has it or he doesn't want it, but I can still sell him because it's because the way I present it to him. Mm. And how do you All present right? that? It, it's totally uh, based on the person in front of me. So, but as if I want to give you as a general idea, mm. so this product is coming to their life to enhance the quality of life. Mm. Whether they want to see it as an investment, where it's a business, you don't have to run it, I'm running it for you, you're just making your yearly return. Or it's the place where you really feel the warmth and that's your house. Mm. And this is the place where it's your safe net or safe zone. You know what I mean? So it's depending on that person. Mm. Anyway, I want to tell you something. I'm a man of principle. I always follow lots of principles. And one of my principles is that I don't sell anything that I don't buy myself. So I don't come in for a person, give him the story like this is will be the best investment that turns out to be a terrible one. No, I'm not into that. Mm. I don't need to do that. I have mm. a huge network in Dubai. My mm. sales, thank God, has been off the roof, yeah. uh, breaking every record. So mm. this is what I, I keep this like, it's really important for me. So can you explain a bit more about the journey of what it takes to be a real estate in Dubai? Do you need to have a degree? Do you need to have equivalent degree or something? How how do you start? It always keeps changing. So when mm. I started, I remember mm. it clearly. Uh, they, we were not allowed to practice without having our real brokerage number. Mm. 
Okay, so RIRA is, is where we learn how the system, so it's like a three days course where you learn all of the rules, the regulation, how to implement everything in it, and then you go through a test. 2014, the passing grade was 70%. Mm. So they will ask you 50 questions, each question has two points. Then suddenly in 2015, I think they changed the law. It became 84, 86% the passing rate. So they Oof. made it harder. Okay. Okay. And lots of people were failing. Mm. And then they dropped it back somewhere around 19. But mm. during to COVID, they're not mm. doing this anymore. Mm. So now what they're doing, they were like, okay, if you register under a company, you will automatically get your brokerage. However, they made sure that the company is giving you some kind of training. They will not mm-hmm. just throw you out of the okay. market. Okay. okay. There is also lots of practices where people are practicing without having a license. It doesn't mean it's legal, mm-hmm. but it, it happens. You know, you're not, you cannot control such a huge market like Dubai. You mm-hmm. cannot control it. Mm-hmm. So some people practice it with or without the license. Regardless, for me, whether they have a license or not, it's very important to follow like the kind of the code of ethics where you are a genuine human being and you are honest to these people and you're not planning to bluff them or sell them something like to put them in trouble. And if you are representing a buyer and a seller, make sure the two parties knows that you're representing the two. If a seller is telling you, for example, listen, I'm really in need of money. I want to sell my property for 2 million, but again, I will take an offer, let's say, for 1.7 million. Mm. Don't go to the buyer, wink him, say, listen, let's give him 1.7. Like, try to to, to, mm. to be fair between the two parties when you're representing. Mm. This is mm. way more important than any license. Because yeah. if you have a license and you're a terrible agent, you just, like, keep screwing uh, yourself, the image of your company, and mm. the image of the brokers in general. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what, what skill sets would you say one should have to be good in sales or or in real estate? Let's start with like real estate. Yeah. Listen, I, I okay, my style, I'm a very aggressive when it comes to this. Mm. Okay. I know people they are as much successful as I am and they are very quiet and calm. Mm. And I know people that they like prospect in a different way. So I cannot tell you there is some kind of specific characteristics mm. for this person. All what I can tell you, first of all, to see it differently. People hate salespeople. Why? Because they're pushy, they're annoying, and they, you know that once this sale happens, they will disappear. So you know there's yeah. something behind it. My style, the way I do it is like, I make friends with 95% of my clients. They become best friends. I travel to their countries. They travel to Dubai. We meet the family. We spend time together. So I give them the experience that you are with your friends going out, cruising in Dubai and doing property shopping. And regardless if you buy or not, it's not going to make any difference in my life. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. But still, I give them the experience that, and I tell them, I wouldn't buy this. Why? Because one, two, three, or definitely put your money here. Mm. Why? So when I say something, it's always backed with proof and documents. Mm. Like Mm. if I'm insisting on you buying something on the beach, even if you're not seeing the value yourself, I know what happened three years, five years eight years back when mm-hmm. people were buying on the beach they made 300 percent of their money mm-hmm. so i know why i'm telling you buy here it's not yeah. like because i have some interest i know it will explode okay here. 
So yeah. that's what I'm telling you. If you give them the proper experience, be honest, just say everything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Trust, the more yeah. honest you are, the, yeah, you can gain the trust. And the way I do it is like I'm always the eyes and the ears of the international people. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. keep feeding them with the information, with the laws, with the visa laws, see what kind of issues they have, mm-hmm. and I solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Because I provide almost eight services related mm-hmm. to real estate. I'm not just a broker who buys and sells. So mm-hmm. I have lots of other services I provide. Yeah. So uh, there's one thing that really grabbed my attention so much in one thing in one of the episodes that you said, where you talked about um, how you constantly add value to the let's say a customer or whatever whoever you're working with you're always adding value so it's like okay if you need help in the visa how can I help you it's like that extra bit that you give in is always something that I always I learned I guess earlier on and I found you also talking about it and I was like interesting like it's all always about how you make people feel and I guess that's where psychology that you learned came along um, along the way we have Prime Stay, which is our holiday homes company. Yeah, that's are, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah I came across we, this. We are the quickest and rising holiday homes company in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, we are classified as the third company uh, in terms of growth and uh, properties. And we have just been in the market now for four years. Like yeah. the our yeah. competitors have been for like ten and twelve years. So but what next makes, year? Next yeah. year, if we make another podcast, I'm gonna show you the trophy that we became the best company yeah. in the world for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, so, what makes you different than any other? existing company other so airbnb started off early on in the process i know you add more features and i think it's more tailored and more unique and more i guess on a higher end what i mean what what could you say is your added value that people would want to come to you and not go to the mainstream airbnb to to be very honest i have all categories Mm -hmm. so i do have the standard airbnb Mm -hmm. okay i do have let's say uh the medium to high luxury and I have the luxury to the ultra luxury which are penthouses villas mansion what's on now how I make it different is the way that I don't know I want to say it without giving out our secrets you know but I'm sure most most of it but but the way we do it is like we always try to accommodate people and do a very competitive pricing where Mm. the landlord is still making money and we are making money and we are making sure that our tenants are really happy with what Mm. they're getting. Also on the second note, uh, it was was a move that happened during COVID that really made us, like people respected us, whether they are tenants or owners, then when COVID hit and everything shut down, the airport and there was no businesses, and 90% of the tenants, they didn't have money to pay the rental. And 60% of the owners, they said, we understand, we can wait. But 40% say, it's not my concern. I want my money today. Also, I have installments to pay. Mm-hmm. So we step in as a company. We took responsibility of everything and wow. we paid everything from our own pocket. Mm. So for our tenants, they were like, wow, Christmas came early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for the landlords, they were like, okay, these are guys that I can count on them. Mm. Because he knows that no matter what happened, even including force majeures, we have still 
put their best interest on top of our interest. Mm-hmm. And this is what really brought us tons of people, referrals, and yeah, it's I can say it's our transparency. It's like we give them access to everything. They will see the booking, the money, every bill by bill. So, so we have nothing to hide. We're so transparent. We're like mm-hmm. kind of a public company. That's mm-hmm. public yeah, space. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is why I think uh, Prime has been having this massive success. On top of this, we have interior designing, furnishing. Uh, we have like commercial laundry uh, means like we don't do suits but we do the towels the sheets the leather along with commercial housekeeping as well mm, mm, mm. and uh, yeah there's still another company that does like uh, VAT filing CFO services due diligence company formation basically we do everything that's simplified <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awesome. If you need anything about real estate or anything, just go to Anthony. <laughs> just think. If you think about real estate, I'm your guy. <laughs> awesome. So you you mentioned earlier on that there was uh, this shift for you where you felt like a kid and then you kind of became more, you transformed in a sense. And I feel that transformation was more on, in your mindset. So can you tell me a bit more about how that shift in mindset and I mean, what was the first thing that that got you thinking of, I need to change, I need to do something differently? Um, I didn't think about that life forced me to do it. Mm. It wasn't something optional, you know? It's Mm. like when you live all of your life and you have all of the chores being done, it's like, okay, I don't know how to fold the shirt. I don't know how to iron a shirt. I don't know how to do anything, literally, except frying some eggs, to be very honest. (laughs) And suddenly, you have to do it all. And it's not optional. Like, if you don't do it, no one will do it for you. So you're going to keep wearing your mm. <laughs> dirty clothes. You understand? So I started learning and messing up a lot. I'm going to YouTube, imagine seeing tutorials, how to do all of this stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I have no choice. But during that, what was really interesting, that every day I used to look at the sky, smile, and I'm like, moms are beasts. You know, moms are like so strong, it's scary. Because yeah. once, even once you see her doing it, you will not feel like it's an accomplishment. But after just doing my, imagine like we are a family, I have brothers, she takes care of everyone. <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, I can, I can barely take care of myself. And she was doing all of this for all of these years. Like, this is really impressive. Mm. And then I called her and, uh, you know, when you say to someone, thank you, and someone was like, why are you even thanking me? It was like, just don't worry about it. Just thank you. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. so so I gave her a thank you from, from the bottom of my heart. Then I got her worried because it was the first time I <laughs> say thank you in such an emotional way. Yeah. You know? So like, are you okay? Everything is fine. I'm like, yeah, don't worry, everything is fine, even yeah. though everything was far off from fine. It was terrible, you know? Yeah. And yeah, bit by bit from there it started getting better. Mm. Everything went better. So that transformation is like it was forced. So, for example, most of the people that I got to meet and they became mm. friends, everyone had a steady job where they had salaries, they had, mm. I don't know, commission, bonuses, credit cards. They were traveling all the time, seeing new countries. Like, I couldn't do it. I had a $3 budget, daily mm. budget. <laughs> like, if I wanted to travel, like, maybe the most amusing part was reading a book. Mm. And that started changing my mind. I'm like, this is the best I can afford an existing mm. book. 
And then I found myself like getting really addicted to reading. And the more I read, the more I was dreaming. So, but I didn't know back then, like, this is how life works by envisioning your future or start seeing it or feeling it. I was like, maybe this is, I'm on the verge of losing my mind. I'm getting crazy. Yeah. You know, because you yeah. don't know this stuff. And no yeah. one will teach you this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's in school. Most, like 90% of the people don't even understand mm-hmm. it. So yeah, I kept reading, I kept reading and I started writing on a piece of paper, swear to God, by myself. Like what I want to be or become by end of this year. Mm. And I used to write this stuff like and in, in, in the macro or micro way. And then I found myself after a week or two, oh, this happened. I'm like, wow. And then end of the year, everything I have written on the paper was accomplished. I'm like, mm. wow, I'm getting really organized. Yeah. See, I'm starting to see I'm organized. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm dreaming small. Maybe I should dream bigger and bigger. Yeah. And I started writing down more bigger stuff until I stumbled. I really got into YouTube, learning tons of materials. I bought some courses for really like big gurus and they were very helpful. And then I stumbled to this interview with Jim Carrey and he was saying that before he had his breakout, um, you know, he always dreamt of having $10 million. So he wrote a check from himself to himself and he put $10 million and he put that date. And just before a few months of reaching that date, he hit 12, 13 million. Mm. And I'm like, mm, this is interesting. I'm <laughs> yeah. not the only crazy person here. <laughs> yeah. other, other successful crazy people. Yeah. Let me try this out. So I took a check and I wrote 5 million dirhams to myself. And I, it was in 2016. And I dated it 25th of May, 2020. And I put it on my closet. And mm. this date marked my 35th. Mm. I'm like, when I become like 35, I want to be having this amount. And I kept seeing it every day, every day. And I used to live in a very tiny studio when I moved out, you know, eventually. So whoever came to my house saw this check and they were like, they all made fun of me. Oh, you want to take it to the bank, cash it, be careful, the check doesn't bounce and all of this shit. And in 2019, I already had that amount. Wow. And I'm like, you know what, I'm, dream- I'm dreaming very small. Why 5 million if I can make 50 million? Yeah. And was that all in like real estate? Uh, yeah, all of my money was on real estate. I was doing a little bit of side hustles. So I used huh. to go to the visit, you know, and I yeah. always look at those paintings and give them very discounted price and buy all of these paintings. And I, how did I do that? I used to resell them on the Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's great. Yes, I used to buy the items. Whatever whatever they were priced as, I always give 50% discount. Sometimes it works. Sometimes I paid a bit more. But yeah, I used to buy the paintings and resell it. Uh, also, I used to buy lots of electronics also online and resell it to suppliers. Some of those were like operation uh, uh, of holiday homes. They used to buy, you know, yeah. yeah, like brand new stuff in a cheaper price. So I used to make money on the side, like nice. this kind of stuff. Yeah. But my let's say 80 or 90 percent nice. income it was all from real estate. Interesting. So did you have one book that kind of was the first book that opened your mind to viewing things differently? Mm, yeah, all of them they did. But the one that really changed my life, like I knew I was spending money like 
Mama says it was the rich dad, poor dad. Mm. So this is where I really learned the difference between an asset and a liability mm. and how to invest the money in an asset and take that return. And even if you want to burn it in one day, it doesn't matter because it will always come back. But once you burn the actual asset, there is no money coming. Mm. So I was like, yeah, this is my mistake. I make $10,000, I spent $11,000. Mm. Now, no, make it differently. So save money, invest in a property. And once you get your income, use that income. It will mm. always come back to you. So mm. yeah, this was the first like proper eye opener. Mm. Then and it was followed yeah. by also yeah, yeah. business books. Yeah. So yeah. What, what, what do you think or what do you believe is the thing? I mean, people call it manifestation. People call it God. Everyone has their own way of representing it how what do you what do you think is the thing that got you to manifest like this amount of income at that age or when you ever set a goal you achieve it what what do you think that is i really don't know i don't have an answer because if i want to think about it too much it, mm. it kind of like it messes up my brain like mm. i don't want to say like yeah this is the universe it's not god mm. but maybe the universe is what people call god god exactly or, yeah. or I, i don't know i don't know how the formula works because i don't know it's happened 2000 years back 10000 years back yeah. or i have no idea but all what i can tell you that if you genuinely mm. say what you want mm. write it down mm. or whatever you want and just see it every day and do work like it's your last day on the planet to get mm. this done, mm. it will happen. Mm. And I've seen it in, in tons of industries. I've seen it everywhere. Even I've seen it in people where they had the case where they were classified as handicapped or something like that. And the, the, the willpower inside of them, they mm. made them walk again. And I mm. swear, I've seen it in my eyes. It's not like a story someone mm. told me. And uh, most of the time when I'm watching this on TV that, you know, like you have these programs where it takes a beast to finish that track and stuff. Mm. Always you will find two, three people with that and like, yeah, we had cancer and we were about to die and suddenly our life mm. changed and now there are these athletes and stuff. So I do believe that as humans, we are extremely strong mentally and physically mm. if we allow ourselves to use that capacity that we have Mm-mm. i felt from But what to you answer said, your yeah. question yeah there's a god you know i cannot no one can answer yeah. it's, too, it's too tough to answer yeah. It. yeah it's belief against science against actual life mm. and <laughs> yeah. you know the answer you tell me <laughs> i feel it's it's very unique for every person and it's how they choose to see it themselves and if that works for yeah. them then You can live with that. Just meeting a lot of people as well too. Each one has their own belief system and they believe in it deeply that it actually works in that sense. And and I think, like you said, it's a combination of whether you call it God's universe, at the end, the core beliefs are all very similar. And so really what the naming is of not really of so much relevance, but the core of it, I feel is is very similar to and every the way everyone talks about it, I guess. Like, overall. I to be very honest, like if you met yeah. me eight years ago and you said after 
few years, you're going to have this much company, this much employees, this much businesses, this much properties, and anything that you wish for for life. I, I'll burst laughing. Mm. I will say you have mental issues. You're crazy. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. I swear. Yeah. Like even yeah. back then, I didn't believe that. Mm. To be very honest with you, mm. uh, there was few people that believed in me, and even. I was so doubting myself. I started wondering, are they making fun of me or they are genuine and what mm. they're saying? Mm. So see how much I didn't have zero self-confidence, yeah. nothing, no purpose in life. Like I started like doubting my existence, like why mm. am I alive? You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you reach that point, I think, yeah, we need to reach rock bottom and this will be the full awakening now is it a helping hand from god who is putting his hand down saying my son that may lift you up mm. is it the universe is it all of it i have no idea but i think it all starts with us mm. as mm. humans as mm. our decision as what we want as mm. where we want to reach and now i have this repetitive question that most people start telling me why do you still work why mm. do you still show up every day why you do that you are a greedy person. Mm. No. Mm. Yeah. It was never about money. It's called ambition. Yeah. Mm. I am my own nemesis. I am bettering myself to see where I can reach in mm. life. Mm. From someone that was doubting his existence in life mm. to now seeing where I can reach in life, mm. I cannot ask for anything else than that. Yeah. And for that, I'm extremely grateful to the universe and to God together. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, I, I noticed something that was very evident in what you mentioned earlier on too is focus. Like you, this is what you wanted. It was clear to you. You would see it every morning and there was focus. But what happens to someone who's not sure if this is the right path for them, if they're still doubting, but they have this belief that they're going to be, they're, they're going to do whatever they want to do, but they're kind of iffy. There's, I think this lack of focus is the problem. What gave you this motivation to stay committed to this goal, to this, this is what I wanted to do, and I'm going after it? To be very honest, I was doing everything uh, the opposite of how I was living all of my life. So I have a very short temper and very short patience as well. So usually I jump into something, after two, three days, I say, you know what, screw it. Mm -hmm. I jump something else, then I go to something. So all of my life, I've been doing a bit of everything, but master of none, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And then when I came here to Dubai and I said, listen, you messed up everything before, now you do it differently. Even from getting that uh, RERA course, which is the real estate, I sat down in the first bench, just in front of the instructor. Usually in school, I always used to be in the back, back, back row. And you know, who sits in the back row, they are usually mummers, you know, that's what I make fun. Yeah. They're not even seeing the teacher. So I sat in the front row. Uh, when, whenever I was going for a meeting, I always gave it 120%. Even though back then, I had nothing, no money, no, even clothes. I didn't. I couldn't afford the suit. I was going out meeting people in shirts and t-shirts and stuff like that. But I said, like, do it differently because apparently whatever you have done in the past didn't work. Mm. So let's try to be different. You know. So when I started the business, I just was like, that's it. Now, 
we are always like influenced by our surrounding. So if I am sitting between four or five guys and they're doing a bit better than me, that bit better, that one level better, once I reach it, I will relax. So then I was like, you know what? I don't want to surround myself with people who talk about other people and who break up with who and she did this and he did that. I want to surround myself with people that have a vision, at least discuss like events, ideas, stuff. And this is why I couldn't find it in my own entourage. So I found it online, mainly on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, so this is why when I, before I was, let's say, 18 hours active by watching videos, reading books, doing exercises, seeing how they are doing real estate uh, in the States, in New York, in Miami, in Chicago. So I was always there taking notes, writing it, start walking differently, start acting differently. So I was like, in a way, kind of like having a fake self-confidence. I wasn't sad, but but the, when you speak to me, you were like, wow, this guy knows his stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? So I kept like practicing, practicing until I met the actual rich people. And when I say rich, I'm not talking money-wise only, I'm saying mentally. Because these guys really discuss events, ideas, mm. or always had a story about someone, but not in a form of gossip. On this guy, he took this much money, he invested in this, he turned it into that. So I was always inspired. And before all of that happened, in my mind, it was always like millionaires are gods. Because this is how the system taught us, you know what I mean? And then when I was sitting with them, I'm like, these are no gods. They are just same like me. All what they had on top of me is like five or ten years experience and proper business. So they are same human. And this is where I started feeling, no, if they make it, I must make it better. And whoever I was looking to as gods after a few years, they looked so small. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I started looking to billionaires and I started surrounding myself with them. And even those guys, and I'm like, I always keep saying, they don't have anything on top of anyone except that they are focused. They know what they want. They don't get distracted by noise or by little stuff. And this is the main issue that's happening in our society. Now, any person that we see rising too quickly, everyone tries to put him or her down. However, if that person considers them as noise and he keeps super focused on his lane, eventually he will reach that lane. And everyone who's trying to put them down, Mm -hmm. they will start uploading to them and giving them the bow. You know what I mean? So just focus on your lane. Pick one thing that you like and you love. Put all of your passion into it and you will make it. End of the day why i got into real estate because real estate is the most paid industry in the world i can even tell you the mafia doesn't make as much money (laughs) as the real estate does and we do it legally and we do it halal yeah this is where the money is so why not why Mm. not real estate Mm. so you last few questions but one here is um you said you're 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 your own nemesis so you're always trying to better yourself so what is what is the next goal that you have in mind so someone looking at you as an outsider like you mentioned earlier on he's got it all he's learned he's in dubai he's doing real estate he's doing really well what's next for you what do you want to do next 
I'm too scared even to tell you. What? <laughs> yeah. what, what I have in my mind. Yeah. Like, first of all, let me tell you something. Mm. Also, uh, in the process and the way, when mm. I was doing all of this, I got popular in my city, in Dubai. Like, mm. thank God, everyone knows me. But then I started getting that massive attraction over social media. And mm. people started texting me, we like what you do, we want to do the same. And then COVID happened and there was tons of people texting me. They want to join real estate. 50% of them, there were people who got laid off from their job. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the passion for them. Yeah. But then I'm like, you know what? I cannot answer everyone on the phone. It's madness. I get 100, 150 texts a day. I'm mm. like, so then I decided to make my online academy where I teach stuff. It's like we call it as the practice or the... It's the street knowledge, you know what I mean? Whatever I learned from practicing it on a daily basis, I put it in a course. Mm. And I gave it to people and it started making huge impact. And that was in 2020. Today, I have over 300 enrollments and I have never even marketed. I've never done it for the business. I just mm. want to change people's lives. Mm. And then I started finding this, that there's a pleasure or there is, it's like, there's a pleasure about giving way more than getting. So mm-hmm. first you were just so focused, you want to make that money. But after you make all of that money, you were like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you have a million, 10, 50 million, 100 million, it's the same amount. Okay, I have all of this money. What should I do with it? Okay, mm-hmm. shopping, we did that. But, yeah. but then you will find that it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. But then when you give someone, and by saying giving, it doesn't mean I just go throw money on the street, no. Giving someone by doing an impact in their life, yeah. it gives you such a satisfaction like no one can describe. Yeah. So I started doing a lot of those. Then I wrote a book. Uh, it's called Take Charge. It's been in the market for one year and one month. Has been doing massive success. Hit Amazon top seller in a matter of week and the new release and then the real estate category. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I, I, I came across yeah. all of them on, on your page. And I think one big thing too is that you make your page very easy. Like you can click on it and you can see the episodes. You can see what you offer. You can see who you are, your story. Yeah. And I, I, it's just easy. It's, it, I think everything that you're doing is just easy for people to see and consume. Yeah. And I think um, that's like uh, such a great added even, value. Even if you read the book, you feel like you're listening to a podcast. Mm. Like people told me we can hear your voice when mm. you are reading. It. because mm-hmm. i made the book as a podcast nothing fancy nothing posh everyone can read it even if english is not your second mm-hmm. language so you can still understand yeah. it so yeah this is what awesome. i'm doing awesome so i have one one final question um sure. and and that is what is your definition of success what is what does it mean to you you know each year when i'm each year it's it is different from the year before it. Mm. So when I first time, when I first time when I made it success for me, it's like, yeah, I have money, I'm not worried about this anymore and mm. all of this stuff. Then the year after it, I don't know why, but I just decided to make peace with everyone that we have this bad vibe. Mm. Whether he's a family or a friend or a colleague or whatever, I'm like, you know what? just want to do peace with everyone and so i can attract as much as positive energy as as possible when i made peace my definition to success was is like my mind my clear conscience like like even if i hurt someone whether uh, 
intentionally or unintentionally, I genuinely apologize to them without being forced to do it. I decided to do it. So the peace of mind was the success. Then the year after it, I found success is how I leave the impact I make on people and how I leave them feeling. For example, sometimes I come to a supermarket, a pharmacy or whatever, and I just genuinely give a nice comment to that salesperson, whether he's a he or a she, I just say, you know what, today you look glowing, you know, that you must be in love, you know, <laughs> just to make them feel good. Even if I don't see that, even if I don't see them glowing, even I see them desperate, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I just say something, because I just want to, like, make that, like, okay, it doesn't cost me anything to make someone smile and make him happy, just do it. So I found that success is how I leave people around me. And then the year after it, I found out that all of this combined together is success. And no one can tell you what's the definition of success because each person see it as his own perspective. Mm-hmm. And you cannot tell them, no, it's not it. But I think it's a mix of everything. End of the day, if you are sleeping every night, feeling that you have done your best, and everything and you have a clear conscience and you're excited to wake up tomorrow because you have certain goal whatever that is i think this is success mm. you're so conscious like that's such a conscious answer and, and it looks like you've been very observant of that over the years honestly that's such because a lot of been happening yeah. like a sequence like a series you know like yeah one by one by one. <laughs> yeah but thank, thank you again anthony so much and uh thank everyone you, for having me Of course, my pleasure. Um, And for everyone listening, I hope you all have an amazing, awesome rest of your day.